You're listening to Incorporating Superpowers with the Voice of Reason, risk mitigation expert, and former counterintelligence agent, Justin Reckla. Get ready to rip apart the veil as we dismantle old school business and prepare for what comes next. Business will never be the same. Welcome to Incorporating Superpowers. I am your host, Justin Reckla, and today, uh, today I have the honor of interviewing one of my favorite people on the planet. Uh, this man has had a huge impact on my life um, by proxy through my daughter. He's been a mentor of mine. He's been a mentor to my daughter. Um, and he comes from a very heart-centric place. Matter of fact, his entire message huh, pivots on the concept of love. And so today we're going to be talking about how love can define an entrepreneur and really what's at the heart and essence of that. So it's my honor to welcome somebody that I call my brother, Adam Markell, to the show. Adam, thanks for being here, brother. <laughs> I love that introduction, Justin. That's beautiful. Yeah. How, <laughs> I, I'm actually, I was getting ready to take notes and then you introduced me. <laughs> <laughs> no, what, a, what an honor for me. I appreciate it. Yeah. So, so Adam, uh, again, thank you so much for being here. And, um, you know, one of the things that I love about your message and what you do is, is everything pivots on love. So before we dive into how you're doing things different, let, let's let's take a look at the elephant in the room. Let's, let's take a look at what you're seeing in your industry, what everybody's everybody knows and feels what's going on at the underlying. They're just they're just tired of it. And it's examine that. What what would you say is the biggest issue that people are ready are just tired of looking at? They know it's there, and you guys like you are calling out. What what is that? Oh my God! That, <laughs> I love. First of all, I love the question. That is a very very difficult question, brother, because it's almost like saying you know pick one pick one pick one thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to do it. I love take up the challenge for it. Um, yeah, what, what do I want to call BS on? And and uh, you let me know if I can actually use the four letter word. If I can't, I won't. <laughs> Absolutely, this, Keep is, it clean. this is a fully this is a fully explicit <laughs> show. You're talking to former former army guy. Here. Oh my We're god! Gonna, All right, there might be some f bombs. This is it, it's an adult show. All right, so yeah. uh, when appropriate, I will. I from New York originally, so I don't have a problem with it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I I think. If we're talking about the self-help industry, I don't know if that's the industry we're, we're speaking about specifically, but if that's the case, um, first of all, I'm a lover of it. I'm a fan of it. I, my pivot story is that I was a lawyer for 18 years, the opposite of the self-help space. I was an attorney in New York and in New Jersey, a litigation attorney and a real estate attorney, a number of other things, but uh, <laughs> including miserable and unhappy and angry a lot. So I just couldn't wake up every day for the rest of my life being miserable and angry and unhappy. And, and after 18 years, so just so we're clear, I didn't, I wasn't like 18 months in the practice of law and said, I can't handle it anymore. You know, it's like, no, I, I had a pretty good capacity for handling, handling that, that level of misery. And at some point I just realized I'd be dead. I would. And I had, and I had a reason to, to be alive. I'm in love with my my college sweetheart, still to this day, be married this summer 30 years and have four healthy kids. I was in love with, with my life, my family life, uh, but not in love with my work life. So uh, I just had to pivot. I, I had to get out of that and ended up um, writing a book about the process of escaping the practice of anything that creates misery. 
doesn't have to be law. This, they don't have a, a lock on misery, not by, not by a long shot. Uh, so I ended up in the personal development space because of that, because of my own journey into myself and into finding what I really wanted to do when I grew up. And uh, if my soul were, were, <laughs> were not being damaged by my daily work and my spiritual path, all these things that were, were completely outside of my consciousness when I was practicing law became a part of my, my daily practice and ultimately became the CEO of a very large company in that space. So uh, I, I got to learn you know, from the inside what that, that industry is about in many ways. And unfortunately, I think there, there just is a lot of selling of false hope there's a lot of selling of, of the, easy, the easy fix for things. Um, I'm not going to say it's a snake oil sales industry because it's not. That's not true. There are individual things inside the industry that are, are not uh, exactly what they seem, um, you know, and that kind of thing. I think so the BS really is that it's, um, that it's, that it's quicker and it's easier than it really is. And that people who are selling programs that make it quick fix and easy and, and even some of the biggest names that rah-rah people into doing things that they're not otherwise prepared to do financially or otherwise um, are just, uh, they're full of shit. Because if you examine their personal lives, they are not in the best of relationships and their health isn't great and their money hasn't always been great or isn't great. And it's just a lot of disconnect between... Yeah reality in life and what they portray on stage. I, I is, that fair enough? is that fair and fair enough? No, that's spot on. That's absolutely spot on. And this is, this is why I love your messaging because, you know, we see the same thing. I mean, our due diligence background, right? We see behind the veil on, on everything, you know, it's, it's almost like a, it's like a curse to, to some extent because we just, because of the, the filters that we see on everything. And, you know, that's one of the reasons why we stepped into the superpower arena was to present people with different options. We're not telling you it's going to be easy. We're not going to tell you that, hey, run to the back of the room, buy my shit, and your life is going to be completely different the next day when we see on the people on stage that are doing that. You, you, like you said, you examine their life, their relationships, their whatever, and it's not congruent with what they're teaching and, you know, I think the personal development industry has it's gotten a bad rap to some extent because of that. But this show is not about highlighting the negative. This show is about highlighting, calling out the bullshit because that's really what's going on. Right. But uplifting you and other people that are doing things that are that are completely different. So let's talk about your message, love and why and how does that define an entrepreneur who's out there trying to change the world, whether it be in the personal development industry or some other industry, how does love play into the equation? Well, <laughs> this is to me that this, this is the root cause of everything in our lives, whether it's you know, pick any area and the results that we have or the feelings that we walk around with, whether we are, happy or joyful or peaceful or prosperous, any of those things that we seek are the result of how we, at the root cause, how we feel about ourselves. And the basic level of feeling is, is something we'll call love. So we have a definition of love that we've established 
early on in our lives, usually within the first seven years, we, we create a definition of love unconscious or it's unconscious to us, but it's all based on what we experience. So it's the people around us. It's the relationships we are seeing between our parents or the, the folks that have raised us. Uh, it's the experiences that we've had in those first seven years. There's a lot of trauma for a lot of people early on in life, whether it's their parents getting divorced or fighting or violence that happens in the home or it's uh, substance abuse that they're around or it's physical, mental, or sexual abuse that's, that's directed at them individually. So there's this trauma. And, and I've yet to meet anybody that went through those first seven years and didn't have something that equates to a trauma. And you Absolutely. can't compare it, right? Justin, pain yeah. is pain. Absolutely. There's no like, my pain is greater than yours. My story is bigger, you know, like more dramatic. It's just, it's just different. Just different. It's, it's still pain. It still causes separation. And it still causes all the ball, all the, the wheels to go into motion that cause that disconnect for you and your own journey. Yes. So, so to me, not, not to synthesize what is a, everyone's lifelong journey and practice to, to return, as Marianne Williamson's book uh, calls out this title, A Return to Love. So it, it's that return to the inquiry. I don't know that, for me anyway, up to age 50, I wasn't really dialed into the inquiry even, that what I really needed to be doing is thinking about how it is that I think about and feel about myself. So do I really love myself? Do I really love myself? And in, in what does it mean to love myself? So I would have said I love myself, but what, did that, what does that mean? How does that show up? So am I loving myself with conditions or without conditions? And, and I found that most of the time for me and for a lot of people I, that I got to work with over the years, that when I was behaving, when I was doing well, when my finances were great, when I was you know, feeling good about my work, I love myself. That's when I love myself. And when I was a shit, when I was, uh, did mean things, nasty things, when I was unkind, when I you know, fucked something up in, in you know, business or in money or something, then I didn't love myself. So it was constantly contingent. My love for myself was contingent on my, on my results. And it becomes a very vicious cycle and perpetuates sort of the same thing that I'm trying you know, to, to prove to myself or prove to others that I'm worthy of love, that I'm deserving of love, which is the most ridiculous thing that I can think of in this moment in life, because we are born deserving and worthy of love. We will always be deserving and worthy of love and forgiveness and all of the rest of the things that kind of go with that, like acceptance. And the sooner we get to that conclusion, the sooner our lives will change for the better. Does not mean, just so we caveat this, does not mean you pivot on a dime and everything becomes sunny and warm, like you know, sunny in Philadelphia or whatever. <laughs> you know, there's this great irony in that because no, you will still have challenges and problems and though they may even be more profound because your level of sensitivity is heightened. So when you yeah. digress, when you, when you come off the rails just a little bit, you feel it more. But you're also living a very different existence and the, the road back is more clearly defined. So you're not as lost. When you get lost, it's, you're not in the dark as long and you know the way out. I know the way out. Doesn't mean I can get out right in an instant. You know, it takes me a while even now but I know the way out and I know the way home. I, um, I, I absolutely love this. We, we do have to take a quick break, but I just want to highlight the fact that if you're listening to this, if you first off, listen to it, but then come watch the video because I think you're going to get a good sense of the fact that 
this is this is two bald men <laughs> who have been on a journey, right? We're talking lawyer, former counterintelligence agent, and we're talking about love. And I, and I don't care what you say, but this is a very masculine conversation, you know. So don't discredit the word love because this is everything in the masculine. And these conversations, especially for men, we need to be having because everything that Adam just highlighted about the fact that you think you can pivot and it's going to be sunshine and lollipops on the other side of it is bullshit. You're going to be faced with constant challenges. So when we get back from the break, I want to talk about what that looks like for, for entrepreneurs, for people in business and what that means for their own journey as they continue to build up. But Adam, before we go on break, where can people go find more about you? Uh, two places. If they want to find a talk, a TED Talk we just uh, delivered, it was published in February um, regarding this very topic, they can go to YouTube and just Google Adam Markell TED Talk. You can also go to adammarkell.com and you can find the talk right there. <laughs> fantastic. Fantastic. And we'll have links below for you as well. You're listening to Corporating Superpowers and we'll be right back. Are you here to change the world? Do you talk about things like vibration, frequency, awakening, and consciousness? Are you pretty sure you have superpowers? The Superpower Net is unlike normal coaching programs and conscious communities. We provide training, intuitive guidance, peer-to-peer -peer learning, intensive one-on-one -on -one coaching, and a high vibrational network of people just like you. When you join the Net, you get 24-7 access to a collaborative group of people who support you as you master your personal power and unlock your superpowers. If you're ready to use your superpowers to change the world, then join the Superpower Net today. Visit superpowerexperts.com slash the net to learn more. Welcome back to Incorporating Superpowers. My guest today is Adam Markell. We are talking about how can love define an entrepreneur. We Before the break, we were talking about some um, just amazing, uh, amazing concepts that um, uh, Adam had shared within his own uh, journey some of the stuff about his experiences, um, the fact that you know he wasn't happy, he was in this cycle of um, you know how things just showed up for him, and it was just this repetitive defining who he was based off his outcome and his deserving of love based off of the results that he was seeing in his life. And um, as we were talking about beforehand, that's just bullshit. So. Adam, I know that um, a lot of entrepreneurs are out there uh, that have experienced this. They may, they may be stuck with this, right? They may be stuck in this own pattern of uh, self-deprecation of love, hate, love, hate, love, hate. Um, so what does that look like for, for an entrepreneur? Somebody who's out there that's, that they've got a vision, they've got a mission, they know they've been called to do something else. How do they work through that? How do they incorporate love back into their life? You break that cycle. Yeah, another great question, uh, Justin. So, um, again, not not to pretend that I have uh, the the answer because it's everybody's got to find their own answer. But I'll just say for me and and in the people and primarily business uh, owners and entrepreneurs that we work with these days, and it's a lot of companies, corporations, large companies, and things like that. We bring the concept of resilience to the table. So, how is it that love? connects to a business, it connects to everything. So again, you know, to me, the broad statement would be, you want better anything, put more love into that thing. You want a better relationship with your kids, 
with your spouse, with your partners, with your family, put more love into that relationship. You want better health? Put more love into your health. Put more love into your business. And every aspect of your business, you will see your business grow in ways you cannot even predict or imagine. So, I mean, that, that's the, to me, that's, a, that's the mic drop thing because just do that and literally you will see things change. And again, not overnight, although miracles happen constantly. I, I'm just blown away by how easily miracles can be created when you decide I'm after a miracle today. I'm open uh, to receiving a miracle today. It's like, are you kidding me? And then boom, like booyah, the miracle shows up, right? I, I absolutely love that. You, you have to be, and that's the thing is that you, first off, when you put more love into anything that you're doing, it creates the space for miracles to happen. And just like anything, I mean, we're going to boil it down to the basics of, of anybody that's read, you know, the Pulling Hills, Thinking Grow Rich, right? Thoughts become things. When you can step into love, it creates you have it creates the opportunity for you to believe that miracles can happen and love is the container for that place i absolutely 100% agree with that adam yeah. um so well continue please you no know, i was just going to say that our our company we named our company more love for that reason i mean it was kind of out of a <laughs> it's it's <laughs> out of this jerry maguire movie so i was mentioning on the break that uh, we have a ted talk that came out it's 10 seconds that can change your life and this 10 second practice is a ritual and the ritual is part of how i create resilience for myself every day and when we go into companies what we will often share with them is are, are different ways in which they can create a culture of resilience. And a culture of resilience is a culture in many ways of, of self-care. And if you dig even deeper into that, what does self-care really look like? I mean, so you can't kind of take it in, in, in phases and stages, but self-care is about self-love. So, you know, sort of at the base, the foundation level, it's self-love. Because when you truly love yourself, you will actually take care of yourself. And 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 that and those two things work in a, in a very interesting relationship because sometimes to learn more self love we have to start with self care like we can we can simply wrap our arms or we can't wrap our arms around why we love the way we love because it goes back to before we even thought this is you know zero to seven years precognition this is just our emotional development then we go through cognitive development then we go through puberty and physical development so it's like going back there is like saying i'm going to go you know i'm going to shrink myself or you know <laughs> sit on my own couch and all that and that's not always so easy but self-care is a way to retrain our brain retrain and reprogram ourselves to love ourselves more unconditionally. So, you know, going to get reflexology, get your feet rubbed, go uh, get your, your bald head, you know, massage, whatever it is that would represent self-care. Drink something like, so we make a green drink every day. I start with that. Yeah. Is there some work and time and effort involved in, in creating a green drink at the beginning of the day sure. versus simply grabbing a cup of coffee and an egg sandwich at, at, you know, at Burger King, the way I used to do long ago. Hey, there is a different uh, process involved. And that process tells me I love myself enough to take the time to have gone to the Vons the night before, the day before, whatever, to buy the avocado and buy the spinach and the other things that go into the drink and take the time in the morning to make the drink. It's all together telling me something about how I feel about myself. So to develop resilience, often it starts with creating new rituals, new practices, new habits 
for self-care. So that's what the TED Talk is about. And when we go into companies, that's typically what we're, we're sharing a process for how to create more resilient cultures, um, which I think is really, really one of those, there's, it's a small domino. I mean, it's a, it's a small way to do something that can have a massive impact over time. Absolutely. And, you know, I think the, um, one of the biggest things that uh, entrepreneurs especially get stuck on is that, you know, it, they think that, that that's going to slow them down and, and doing such because that requires a level of self-awareness, level of self-examination uh, of what it is that you're doing on a day in, day out basis that is, that's causing problems. And sometimes that can be a hard pill to swallow. I, I know, especially as a guy that, you know, sometimes our ego will, will get into the way, in the way of things. And it'll be like, no, I'm good. Right. Because that's what, that's what society teaches that, you know, as a man, you, you got to be able to handle this. you got to be able to shoulder this and you just keep driving through and pounding through. Well, you can keep pounding your head on the door. You're, you're, you're going to get bloody, right? Simple well, as you're that. Gonna get, you're going to get bloody, Justin, because the research is what you're going to pound your head on. You're going to yeah. pound your head on contrary research. And that, that means that the, the Rocky Balboa method of being <laughs> resilient, which is what us guys, and, and not just men, this is a women's thing too. We, Absolutely. Women, women have, <laughs> have taken over many of the more male oriented roles. And so they've stepped into a, a, a broken paradigm. This is the unfortunate thing for a lot of women is they stepped into a paradigm, which I get because you step into, if you want to have more power, you find where there is power and then you usurp it. The problem is if you, what you're usurping is broken and doesn't work, then what have you really gained in the process? So what do I mean by that? Workaholism, exhaustion, the exhaustion model, the model of, you know, fighting your way to the top. So that king of the mountain bullshit. Hey, look, this is, this is what, as you said, I was a warrior in the, in the court. Like I was a litigation, like prize fighter and you, you were literally on the field of battle. So it's not like you, you and I don't have a lot of experience in the bat, in the field of battle and the, the, the pounding of the chest, right? That's right. And you know, <laughs> we, we know what's going on for vets, uh, or at least, you know, better. And, and I know by people I, that I know and people I've met and what I've read. And that is that the, the toll that it takes on, on the, on people, on human beings is so great um, to be in that field of battle. And the research suggests that what's required is not the endurance factor. It's not to be rocky so that you, you know, every time you get knocked down with something, you stand back up, you stand back up, you stand back up. That's what people think resilience is about. It's less about endurance and it's more about recovery. And so what does that mean? And just by a, a, a a different analogy or a different example, you say, well, when you go to the gym, what's the, what's the goal? You go to the gym to work out and do you stay there all day and you, st- you come back and stay there all day the next day and the next day? No, because we all get the fact that when you exhaust your muscles to the point of failure, there's a period of recovery that has to occur afterward so those muscles can actually get stronger and, and then you can take on more weight. And it's the same thing in work. It's the same thing as an entrepreneur, as a business owner. 
we think that by getting the Night Owl Award or by working the 110 or 120 hours that's now sort of the Elon Musk standard. Used to be when I was a lawyer, the 80-hour week, you were a warrior. You were a beast. You know, you were a corporate warrior, right? A corporate athlete. Um, that is not the case anymore. 90, 100, 110, that's, that's about, you know, Silicon Valley, uh, you know, tech folks and, and people in startup space. This is, this is their average, you know, 100 hours a week, and you're like just you know, getting there. Right. Well, and we wear it like a badge of honor. Of course. Right. We wear yeah, it like a badge of you, honor. Of like, you're burned out. Yeah. And, and we, we hear somebody, we hear somebody jokes around it. Right. The entrepreneur is like, aha, I gave up my 40 hour work week for my 110 hour work. Yeah. Week. We, we, we joke around it. It's a lifestyle choice. It's, it's a, it's actually something that people are, are, you know, especially millennials are, as you say, that they're making that lifestyle choice on purpose, not knowing the long-term cost of it. And the long-term cost, just so we're clear, isn't something amorphous. It's literally that your brain will no longer function at the, at the level of performance that you want it to. So you, you want higher performance, higher results. If you're a KPI guy, you're a results guy, none of this, you know, airy fairy, you know, soft stuff. Well, then just do the research on what will produce the best results from your brain, from your thinking side. And it won't be working a hundred hours a week without recovery. It won't be without taking care of yourself because you will not be resilient, which means it's likely you will not actually complete the race. <laughs> well, not only not complete the race, but you're, you're going to burn out and have to start over again. And, and we see this too, right? We see so many entrepreneurs, they go as fast and as hard as they can. And then when they don't achieve the results because they burn out or they blow through all their money or whatever the story may be, is they stop, they disappear for a period of time, and then they come back with a new idea thinking that it's the idea that was the problem. But then they go right back into the same methods, the same processes, and they burn out on that. And then they take a break, and now they're on to the next thing. And whereas if they were to just stick with the one thing that ignited them in the first place and, and, and take it at a more in-depth look of how they're showing up in it and, and to prevent that burnout, they'll go a lot farther, faster, and exactly. I, I know – I, I know I, I've got a little bit of experience in this former <laughs> counterintelligence agent government knew jack shit about business. And guess what? Eight years later, we're still doing the exact same thing that we did when we first exactly. left, you know, and that's what it takes is it takes the, the willingness to step back and examine, okay, how are we going to do this? And why did I become an entrepreneur in the first place? Cause I don't know about you, Adam, but did you give up being a lawyer just so you can do the same exact shit? 20 hour, you 20 times more on your own? Absolutely not. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Yes, of course. Of course. Yeah, yeah, put me in, coach. Put yeah. me in. You, know, yeah. you, can't, you can't win the race if you don't finish the race. And, and as you said, it's, a, uh, it's, it's an interesting thing because um, you can trade jobs all you want, trade careers all you want, trade businesses all you want. That's what Napoleon Hill called drifting. And that's why people often do not succeed, but you've got to be built to last as that book title goes. You've got to be built to last. And to me, what, what it means to be built to last is to create resilience. And, uh, and if you can't do that, if you don't have a process for doing that, then you struggle. And you don't, there's just no need to struggle. Um, and if, you're, if you are in fact struggling now, 
this is the place to be looking at, looking at where is it that you are taking the kind of care of yourself, the care of your business. Look, it's not just an individual, just since, again, to be clear about what we're talking about. Fortune 500 companies used to last, when you talk about built to last, they, the average lifespan of one of those companies, best in class, was 60 years. Justin, just take a guess. How long do you think that best in class company will be around today? 20, maybe? 18. 25? Great, great yeah. guess. Yeah. yeah. 18 years. So you see companies like Sears and uh, uh, what uh, Toys R Us and- um, Great example. Right. Never in a million years would have expected that those companies would be on the scrap heap. You just wouldn't think of Lehman Brothers, you know, uh, Blockbuster, whoever it is. Companies that were not built to last because they actually didn't have resilience baked into the culture of the company. So when you do, what do you see? You see people who live a long time. So longevity, both personally, professionally, and in terms of your business is really what we're after. What else are we after? We want to live long, strong, healthy, happy, loving lives. Yep. How do you do and, that? And, well, the only way you do that is, is through yourself. You have to do the work. You have to be able to examine everything that you're doing, how you're doing it. And if it's not working, have the chutzpah to call it out and do something different. And that's why I love your, your concept of love. I mean, if you haven't watched the, the, the TEDx folks, go take a look at the TEDx. Um, you know, I, I love it. It's, and I, I've adopted this myself. People ask me all the time, how are things going? You know what my response is, Adam? <laughs> I love my life. Yep. I love my life. And if you are not in a situation where you can actually say that about your own existence, go watch the TEDx. Watch the 10 seconds, the 10, what is it, 10 seconds that will change your life, right? Listen to this show over and over again. Take in the concepts that we're talking about and do something different. Start building that resilience for yourself. Adam, this uh, you and I, I think, can probably like noodle on this kind of stuff uh, day in, day out. I mean, this is this is what we do for folks, right? Is is we meet people in the space, and I love that you and I can always connect here uh, in this because um, it takes the masses, it takes people to hit their tribe and talk to their people. And and look, guys, I mean, if you're watching the video, you got two looking gals, and you're watching it, you got you got two looking good looking dudes here, bald heads that are. <laughs> We're talking about love here. Two fried eggs. Exactly. Two fried eggs talking about love. How does it get any better than this? <laughs> <laughs> Adam, before we sign off, where can you can you point us one more direction where uh, where people can find you? Best place is adammarkel.com. They can find the TED Talk right there as well and uh, and some of the things that we're up to. And and I'll just put the the comma after I love my life because as you can see, it's right there on my t-shirt. That's it. And it has been my waking ritual for more than 10 years now, got to share it with a lot of people um, all over the planet. But, and, and there's one thing that is the addendum to that, and that is this comma. So it's, it's I love my life, comma. And in today's world, especially for business people, but for all of us because of the political divide, so many things that are happening in people's lives that are, that are difficult. Again, you, you can't even, and that's just, you know, taking out the geography of life, right? There's the, there's the journey of life that doesn't matter what color you are, what religion you've got, what sex, none of that 
we, we all have the same internal challenges regardless of any of those things. And then you put geography into it, that certain people are living in places in the world where they don't have the same choices and they don't have the same opportunities. And, and then you go, okay, so now there's another factor, another magnitude of challenge that's in there. So it's, it's tough for people um, as, as our Facebook, uh, we, we have a clip of the video out on Facebook. It's got a million, like 1.2 million views and ridiculous numbers of comments. And what we find, and this was an eye opener for me, is just how many people don't love their lives and aren't willing to say that because it's, it just feels too extreme for them. There's a comma that comes after I love my life and that is no matter what. Mm. And if you can say that, it meets you where you are, brother. Oh God, that is, that is, that is powerful. And we have to be able to own that no matter what, right? Because when you start examining it at that level, everything that you're experiencing in your life is something that is showing you, giving you an opportunity to pivot, to change, to do something different, to build that resiliency. And um, I absolutely love that because it can't be, I love my life, but only if I've got a million dollars in the bank. Doesn't work. Exactly. Doesn't work. So if you're listening to this, if you're a business person, if you're an entrepreneur, or if you're somebody that's struggling with loving your life, take that in consideration. Go watch. Go watch the TEDx. Listen to Adam's message because it will move you. I watched it and it was, it was, it was just absolutely amazing, brother. Absolutely amazing. Thank you. My friend, thank you for joining us. You're listening here. Thank you again for um, joining us here on Incorporating Superpowers. And as always, thank you for your loyalty. Go out there, activate your superpowers, and take your message to the world. Bye. Awesome, brother. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today.